1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app and be sure to use that promo code CHGO. When you sign up, happy Monday. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore with my guys will the goat gotly will underscore gotly. He's got the emojis down there and everything. Big Dave Watson, bow BWL Sports, and our pal producer Lawrence Benedetto. What up, yeah, the, the
1: guy who meant to remove himself from the screen but is still here. So, have a good show, guys.
0: Always there, always there. <laughs> no, no, no person is loved by their camera. More than our producer, Lawrence.
2: Uh, no, no how we doing, gentlemen? How's the weekend? Lawrence either.
0: I feel like I haven't <laughs> seen you guys in so long. It's been a minute. These, uh, these off
1: season long weekends, I'm going to be honest, I don't hate them. I do not hate you got,
2: them. You got a haircut, Will?
1: I did. Yeah. Not thrilled about it, to be quite honest, but I had to go to DC this weekend for my brother's graduation. Nice. And it was starting to look bad. So I needed to <laughs> clean it up. And not my favorite haircut, but did need to. Needed to be done.
2: Right on, man. Speaking of which, Dave, didn't
0: you also go to a family graduation this weekend?
2: Yeah, I went to uh, my nephew's uh, graduation uh, in Atlanta at Morehouse. Uh, Shout out to him. Uh, Shout out. Incredibly smart person. uh, Phi Beta Kappa. What did he get? Degree in computer science and something else. Um, Magna cum laude. Like, he's... He's, he's silly smart. (laughs) That's what i like to say. He's he's awesome, but really awesome individual, man. Uh, that's my guy. I love him dearly. Had a great time, had to sit in the sun and sweat. Uh, but it was all good. It was worth it. It was down there just for a day. Uh, finally met up, uh, with somebody. Oh, I talk about on this podcast a lot. Uh, his name is Drake from according to sources. He's been a friend of mine for years. We had never met. Uh, we finally got a chance to meet, chop it up. Uh, so that was fun to see that. Uh, I had a guy call me up, uh, thought stop me in my tracks because he thought I was Jerome Bettis. And and that was cool. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know you know it's a, you know, it's a white guy stopping you because I'm looking like, dude, when did Jerome Bettis grow hair? Like when did that I was happen? say, like, come on, man? <laughs> to
0: my
1: memory, Bettis never had hair that gorgeous. Yeah. I
2: was like, come on, dog. When did he do
1: that? But if you're gonna be yeah, compared my- to someone being like a Hall of Fame NFL player, probably not the worst but still, oh,
2: well, look, still pretty far if off. They're, if they're big, black, and have hair or maybe not have hair, I've been called them. <laughs> yeah. but, but
1: Dave, that does not surprise me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, but shout out, though. Like, shout out to all the graduates at Morehouse. Um, it was an incredible time, honestly. It was very inspirational, man. And, and it's just great to see, you know, all those kids doing those kind of things.
0: Shout out to uh, both of your family members for, Proving their intelligence to not only their families but everyone in the universe. Right. Um yes. I did not have any family graduations this weekend. Um but it was still a good one. Um I sat on my couch <clears> and watched <throat> a lot of basketball, so it was fantastic. Was we'll we'll get awesome. to the East and West conference finals on the back end of today's show, two teams down in O three holes, that being the maybe marquee matchup the NBA wanted of Celtics and Lakers, both trailing 3-0 to the Nuggets Nuggets and Heat, uh, respectively. Wow. I, I don't know if, if anybody thought that this would be where these series stood three games in uh, with Nuggets-Lakers game four on deck later tonight. But the first thing we wanted to dive into today was a little bit more talk from what was going on at the NBA Combine here in Chicago last week. Will, you were there. Our yeah. pal Sean Hyken was there, who was with us in studio for one of our shows last week. Um, but the thing that we wanted to talk about was this little tidbit in, uh, Sam Smith's latest mailbag column. That's up on polls.com, uh, as of this morning, talking about what he was hearing at the combine and will, I would love for you to weigh in on this and offer anything that you may have heard to sort of, uh, corroborate this, but there was apparently a lot of talk from media and league executives alike about the Bulls front office maybe getting ready to actually blow this up or some pieces of this up and move on from the Bulls' big three. It was in my... ...with... ...which is the oh yeah, the back. They're just going to run it back. The quote from Sam. Thank you, Lawrence. I do believe there will be significant changes this summer, or at least they will seriously be trying. I was at the draft combine this week and heard from an insider. He believes the bulls are done with this big three will weigh in here. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I think it's interesting because after the season, during the exit interviews, the sentiment coming out of that was like, there's not going to be a rebuild, you know, we have to look at all angles, but we're confident in our group. Um, you know, we were really close in that heat game and it just seemed like a rebuild was off the table that like a full on, you know, teardown was not going to happen. And I don't think that what Sam is sort of reporting here is necessarily dissimilar to that. Like, I think my read on this is that like the bulls could move on from one or maybe two of those three, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a full-scale rebuild. So I think that as the summer has started to move forward and as the playoffs have kind of gotten into their groove and all of that, like you have to be sitting at home watching and just measuring yourself against some of these teams. As much as we, you know, if, if I'm AK saying to myself, like as much as we feel good about the finish of the season, like are we actually capable of competing with, even this heat team that we were up against with five minutes left in, in the play-in game. Are we capable of beating this Bucks team or this Knicks team? Like, where are we? How do we stack up with some of these other teams? Um, like we talked about right after the season, like I, I don't think they were ever going to really show their hand, but as I think, and Casey Johnson was talking about this on the Bullstock podcast a couple of days ago too, like as the summer has sort of waned on, um, you get a little bit of separation from it. You start to look at the bigger picture and really stack yourself up against some of these teams. And I think that openness to maybe make some changes is a good thing, but one, none of this guarantees anything. And two, some of it is just out of their hands with Vooch and his decision to either stay or go. So a lot could change still. Um, but for me, like the big takeaway is that they're potentially open to making some moves, whether it's one or two of the big three, um, I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, we've we've gone over it ad nauseum here, but they probably aren't good enough as currently constructed to get to this level to compete with some of these teams. The ones that are left, sure, but even the ones that have already been bounced from the playoffs, like it's probably time to make some changes and I'm glad they're starting to open up to that idea.
2: Yeah, uh, I remember a uh, long haired hat wearing very attractive gentleman who looks like Jerome Bettis saying the same exact thing weeks ago before the Casey Johnson press conference, continually saying there was going to be changes. Like it was going to happen. They couldn't look at this team and not make any kind of changes. Like it was going to happen. These changes were coming. And so to say, see Sam Smith say, I'm like, yeah, like I don't. Yeah. That, that It's going to be, that's going to happen. I, I think will I think you would not have different definitions of rebuild and, and, and what, that entails like for me it, it doesn't mean tear it down to the studs uh for me it it means it does mean getting rid of, even if you get rid of two of the big your big three for me that's a rebuild that's starting over definitely um uh and i feel like that's kind of the way that they're leaning you know towards or even honestly if you get rid of Demar, for me that's a rebuild because that's getting rid of your best player i feel like getting rid of your best player your guy you depend on you're starting over like, if the Bucks got rid of Giannis, that's a rebuild to me. You're starting over. Um, so that's that's how I look at it. But, yeah, like, they can't look at this and not make these changes. I just hold steadfast to that. You can't sit there and do that after you did that already. After you sat there and did nothing already. And you looked at it and it said, no, we're fine. And you were like, oh, no, you're not fine. Oh, no, you're three not times. fine. Three they times. Did nothing you, three times. You did nothing. You can't do that. You No, absolutely not. And – for me, it's magnified. Matt, the magnified nothing is more at the trade deadline. That was truly doing nothing. At least off season, you can say, "Well, we added something. We added rebounding, and we added a veteran guard." You can look at that and say that, but that's still nothing to us. But truly, nothing at the trade deadline. Like absolutely nothing. And you can't go through that again. Like you, I won't believe they're not don't have that level of intelligence. Like you can't convince me of that. So. Yeah, they're going to make these changes. Those things are going to happen. And I'm excited to see, um, honestly, what they look like going forward. I don't know either, Will, if I want them comparing themselves uh, to Miami. Because if that's the case, they could sit there and be like, well, dude, look what we were against Miami. Look what we did. We were right there. Oh, man, maybe I- we should be okay. I, I, I don't want them looking at it in that fashion. I know that's not what you really mean. But I, that's how I, I don't want them looking at that, you know what I'm saying, in that real fashion, like that, or comparing themselves to, to a team like Miami, who's an, on an unprecedented run uh, right now for this uh, for the, for this uh, NBA playoffs. But yeah, but if you're looking at Milwaukee or or Philly and Boston and stuff like that, who yeah, you look at that and you compare yourself to that because that's usually the top teams. But what Miami is doing is what Miami is doing. They're an anomaly every single year because they can finish one or they can obviously finish seven and still get to an NBA Finals. You know what I'm saying? With with a bunch of dudes. Their the highest drafted dude is Cody Zeller at four. That's the highest draft pick they got on their team. You know what I mean? That's not normal. So that's why I don't want them even comparing or looking at. Who, who barely the heat plays. Are the heat are a whole nother world. They're in a whole nother uh,
1: stratosphere. I, and I was being facetious to be clear, but like you're absolutely right. Like... Th- First of all, I don't know when it became, like I've been seeing this uh, on Twitter a lot, and I don't know if part of it is just like, look how far the Heat got despite being down five with five minutes to go. Or if it's, man, the Bulls had a real shot here to compete and beat the Heat, and maybe they would be in the final, like no. Okay, I don't know when like blowing a lead and losing to a team became something to celebrate. Like that is just an absolutely (laughs) absurd statement. And if that is the goal, then we've got bigger problems, but like, mm. just, just no, like, no, absolutely not. No,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no. <laughs>
0: there's, the Bulls have business comparing themselves to Miami to be like, Oh, if we'd only won that playing game, then maybe we are where they are. Maybe we capitalize on Giannis missing a couple of games of that first round series. And maybe we figure out a way to beat the Knicks who were mediocre at best in the second round. And, Maybe we get this Celtics team that has all the talent in the world but cannot close to save their lives on their heels like Miami does. No, the Heat have three things the Bulls do not. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and Pat Riley. They are not com- comparable at all, at all, because of those three entities. So I sure as shit hope that the Bulls are not thinking that they could be where Miami were are right now had they just managed to beat them in that second playing game because that's laughable. Um, but at the same
2: time, man. You never know. <laughs> you just don't know. Did you have the heat here? That's why I say you can't say that because you didn't no. have the heat here. You did no. not have him here. So that's why I don't think it's laughable. You didn't have him here, dog. Nobody did. The biggest Jimmy Butler stands didn't have him right here at this moment. So I can't, I can't accept oh, I, don't
0: that. Know, I don't know about that. The
2: biggest Jimmy no, Butler stands are quite crazy, no, Dave. No, they didn't. You know it. All of them have Milwaukee. Every last one Dude. of them have Milwaukee, dog. Every but, one of them. But coming into
0: this series, though. After uh-huh. they won in, in oh, no, uh, after, round one yeah. and round two, yeah, the big, no, it's up with grabs. The yeah. biggest Jimmy Butler fans coming into the conference final, sure. and I guarantee you they were saying Heat and Four, and they're sure. and they might be right, which is the yeah. craziest
2: part. Hey, I told I picked the Heat, <laughs> I picked the Heat to win. I put my well, faith in Jimmy. I told you that. Go
0: ahead, we're gonna get to that series a little later on. Um, mm-hmm. but to, to keep the focus on this Bulls uh talk at the combine, the other thing that uh, Sam Smith said and it was in response to he um, gave his thoughts on a couple of hypothetical trade ideas in his mailbag and one of them was sending DeMar DeRozan to the Knicks and we had talked as it was unfolding uh, during the deadline during the season that there was maybe some Zach Levine to the Knicks talk going on and those talks eventually stalled and broke down but maybe some draft capital, maybe Grimes, maybe quickly involved in his Zach Levine trade. Somebody proposed one involving sending DeMar to the Knicks to Sam Smith, who said he didn't hate the idea, but he added this tidbit in his response to that. Thank you, Lawrence. Of the three main Bulls guys, I think that there's the most support internally for DeRozan, which doesn't mean it can't change. But I found that interesting, gentlemen, because. I I understand why, if this is true, why they hold that opinion. Because DeMar is one of the most loved and respected players in the NBA, and he has come to Chicago and in two seasons been otherworldly, I think, compared to expectations. Mm -hmm. Even if year two was not as eye-popping, breaking, wilt, Chamberlain records good as year one was. But I think most people would look at, if you're going to go with a full-scale rebuild and blow up this big three, that – you know, the piece that gets you the most is Zach Levine because he's got the most years left on his contract and he's a lot younger than DeMar DeRozan. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to hear that if this is true, what Sam Smith said, the Bulls, if you're looking at these big three players specifically, that DeRozan currently has the most support inside the organization as far as if they're going to keep
1: one of these guys, what do you guys think about that? Will? I think it's interesting. Um, Part of it has to do, like you said, with the trade value where Zach's got the four more years, obviously the giant number on the contract. But this is going to be, with the the way that the new collective bargaining agreement works, this is going to be the last time that teams can really aggregate big salary in a trade for a max contract caliber guy. So if there are teams out there that want to get ahead of this new CBA, which will make it very difficult to trade for that third or second star, this is the time to do it. So I do think there's going to be a market for guys like Zach and also DeMar, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, DeMar, obviously a little bit older the the cheaper contract. Um, if you're the bulls, I think you have to ask yourselves two questions. One, do you want to be the ones that give DeMar his next contract? Do you want to pay him through his age 35, 36, 37 season? Uh, because if you do, then you're looking at an extension after next year Um, And if you don't, then you probably have to try to move him now before you know. maybe you sign and trade him or maybe you sign him to a deal that you can then move later. But if you don't want to be on the books for DeMar long-term, if you don't want to hitch your wagon to a 37-year-old in two, three years, then you have to start thinking ahead. Um, And so I would flip it back to you guys by asking the question, do you think if you removed one of Zach or DeMar next year and you kept the vast majority of the team the same um, or if you brought in roughly the same caliber of players but like the core plus Demar or the core plus zach who do you think leads you to a more winning season because i think this tells me the bulls are interested in competing now whether it's for the long term or not like i think if you keep damar you're giving yourselves the best chance at a higher floor whereas zach probably takes you up to a higher ceiling but maybe mm-hmm. the the level of that floor could be up or down depending on whether or not he makes another jump, and and what else, what other assets you can get for him, what other uh, help you can bring in alongside him. So I think it's an interesting question, but like, if the support is there for Demar, I think that tells me, at least in the interim, they're looking more to try to continue to compete at that level while also adding, you know, maybe some younger talent and some future assets, which I don't think is necessarily a bad plan.
2: Yeah, I love how you worded that, Will. Uh, one being a higher, higher floor and one being a higher ceiling. Um, so I think it's about your preference about what you want. And for me, it's Zach. I want Zach, just to answer your question. That's who I want. And I think you're going to – I want to take chances with Zach. Who would, who would lead you to a playoffs next year? Probably DeMar, if we're looking at it and being honest about it. Uh, but I want Zach. I want to, I want to hinge – I want to ride or die with Zach Levine. It's going to work or it's not going to work with him. I think it's time to just build it around him and see what you got. This is what you paid him for. Is it not? This is what you gave him the contract for to be the man like Zach Levine's your guy. So build the team around Zach Levine and let's see what you got out of Zach Levine. I don't want to trade that within your prime years. I was fine with doing it at the um, trade deadline because we were trying to get into the playoffs and trying to win. And I'm like, cool, let's make these moves and you make trades for the future, get these young guys, fine, cool. They decided not to do it. We're in the off season now. Well, fine, well, let's keep them then. Now let's build around, fine. You want to hold on to him? Let's build around him then. Let's build around Zach. You, I think trading DeMar, you can still get, obviously, a lot of good assets for DeMar DeRozan because he's DeMar DeRozan. He's still a walking bucket, no matter at the age of 33, 34 that he's going to be. He's still a fringe all-star who can still be an all-star. I'm talking about going into next year. He'll be, he could be a fringe uh, all-star. But for me, I think it's just time to build around Zach, man. I really do just believe that like you put your cards in on him. You don't want to trade him, and You have the opportunity to do it. Just put the cards in on him. build around him, give him what he needs around him. And let's move on with that because I like the idea of a higher ceiling wheel than I do a higher floor.
0: I think you just hit the nail on the head with that last thought, Dave. Build around Zach, giving him what he needs, which currently this Bulls roster does not have. Right. Can you get Zach a true point guard to play with, to take some of the playmaking burden off of his shoulders so that we don't have to deal with questionable decision-making in crunch time, Zach? We don't have to deal with turnover-prone Zach. And more two-way players for the love of God who can make up for some of his deficiencies on the defensive end of the court. If you get him pieces like that, he is a piece you can build with and around because he has something that DeMar does not, which as we watch these NBA playoffs is more important than ever. And then we'll take a break and get to conference finals in the East. Dude can shoot threes and make threes at a ridiculous clip and a ridiculously high volume. Look at what's happening in this heat Celtic series. It makes no sense, but you know what heat are raining from three and the Celtics aren't. And that's why the Heat are up three, nothing that's something Zach will always be able to give you. And mm. he's younger. So yes, I agree with you in that, uh, in that respect, it makes a lot of sense, but you need to put better pieces around him, more complimentary pieces around him. Uh, all right, let's take our first break. We come back. We'll dive into these Easter conference finals and then get to the West. While we're doing that, Watch along on YouTube live or catching the replay on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We really appreciate it. And of course, make sure you are also subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Big
2: Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the other reason I went down to Atlanta uh, was to see my man, uh, Baby Joe. He told me he was going to be down there. So, went down there to check him out, uh, walked into his hotel suite because he had a suite, of course. Walked in the suite and he wasn't Obviously. there. So, you know, I looked on the bed and on the bed there was a a long stem rose. There was a bag of hair clippings that said goat on it. And then uh, there was a note and opened the note and it said, they never understood it. That's all it said was they never (laughs) understood. Baby Joey doing it once again, cause he don't get it y'all. He don't understand why. He don't get why you gotta pay so much money for these sunglasses. Why you can pay less money to a cool company and still look amazing, y'all. Get it at an affordable price. We're talking about Shady Rays, of course, that independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever put on your wonderful face. Those durable frames, look at them, look at them. Those extremely clear optics for your outdoor and as Matt Peck and Will Proof, your indoor advenciones, it's not a word, and that's not all. They got the Matt Peck lost and broken replacements plan. So say that hat goes flying or them glasses go flying because he put some money on something and the parlay did not hit and he's upset. But he will get those glasses back because all he has to do is send those in. Shady Ray will understand. and <laughs> Sending them back to him a brand new pair. Or let's say you just don't like the style you got. Because you looked at GOAT when he has ears on and you said, Man, I can look like that. And then you realize quickly that you cannot. And so then you set those glasses back and you get you your own style. They will send that to you as long as you do it within 30 days. You'll get yourself a brand new, different kind of pair of shady rays. No risk when you shop and their teams always have your back. So, excuse me for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving away that best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com, use the code CHGO. 50% off is what you're going to get on two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Try trying for yourself. The shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people putting them on no face, y'all. Because it's shady rays. Well, those rays are oh so damn shady. It's super hot in Atlanta.
1: Will, hey Matthew. are you ready to talk some ComEd? Hey, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that the, uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future? I did know that, GOAT.
0: ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory, in fact. Comet also offers the free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Mm. Quick question How does it work? <laughs> well, let me tell you, William, <laughs> an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and your needs, just like Dave's goals and needs involve keeping cool down in hot Atlanta over the weekend. It's These can be done in person or virtually and it lasts approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, don't Wait, get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comhead.com slash powering biz.
1: Oh, uh, sorry. I just uh, lost my focus for a second. Did you say comhead.com slash powering biz?
0: That's right. Go to slash powering biz, biz. Schedule your appointment today.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, right. I feel some kind of way every time I hit slash. I'm like, Is, this a what I've done? is, it, is it a good thing what I've done and unleashed <laughs> upon CHGO Bulls? I yes. hope so. It, it makes me laugh. It makes, of me course, laugh. it is. Of course, it is. uh By the
0: way, in case you didn't see it uh and you're watching along on YouTube, there's a poll. poll- Pull up or which player you'd rather keep and build around if you're the Bulls, uh, Zach Levine or Demar Derozan? So cast your vote on that. We'll see what the results end up being. Meanwhile, let's talk conference finales. Oh my goodness! Um, we're starting in the East. Uh, it's a great bridge from our talk about the Bulls comparing themselves to the Heat and how that's ridiculous. The Heat win Game Three, one twenty-eight, one hundred two, and now lead the series three nothing. Gentlemen, I don't know if either of you have a concrete answer or multiple answers or hypotheses to this question, but here's this question. What the hell has gone wrong with Boston?
2: Yeah, let me, let me go first, Will. Let me go first, because I didn't get to see the game. I was on a flight back, so I, and I know this is, this is your guy, so I'm going to get out the way. But I saw one thing when I landed, and I looked at one thing and one thing only, and this told me the whole game one of 14 from three as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined one of 14 from three. I this told me everything I needed to know. Ridiculous. They should be in shame. They should be embarrassed. I don't see how you, if they get swept, I don't see how you keep this together. Honestly, somebody, something's got to go. All right. Something has to go and it can't be another coach. You're on your third one. So if something else has to change, man. You get swept, swept in the conference finals, bro, after you were just there in by the championship. A seven seed. By a seven seed. and the team that you just played. No, 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 no. Something has to change. If this is going to go down like this, man, that is absolutely pathetic. And then after Tatum calling himself the best player in the world, humbly speaking, well, not, not humbly speaking. That's trash now, bro. <laughs> she don't <look> good <laughs> that. That's trash now, dog. You can't say that stuff and then go one of seven or all oh of seven. How pathetic performance by them and their whole team. I'll, everything I've read said that they quit. You all can tell me if that's true or not, but yeah, man, that that's, that's just sad. It's they're going out sad. Will.
1: They are, um, I, yeah, part of me feels like they're quitting. Part of me feels like they're just getting like beaten into the ground and it's like an emotional destruction. It's like, it, like this whole series reminds me of game seven of the Sixers Celtics series where Tatum was just like, he lit them up for 51 and they were up 30, and it was just like over in the first two minutes of the third quarter. Like this whole series feels like that because you're right. I mean, part of it is the shooting. The Celtics can't make a three, and they have gone, as I've said before, like, the complete opposite end of the spectrum than the Bulls in terms of three-point shooting, where they're overly reliant, and they do it in lieu of getting to the rim. And you've seen that in Jason Tatum's fourth quarter numbers, right? Like, he hasn't scored a field goal in, like, two games because he just stops going to the rim. Like, he got a couple free throws on drives, but, like, you're just... If you're just settling for threes, and again, this is me talking, like I want to see a lot of threes, but if you're not getting into any offense that generates good threes, you're just throwing the ball up there. And that's that's chance. That's not good offense. So um, I think that they have just completely lost direction. They're kind of aimlessly trying to figure this out on the fly, whereas the Heat are just surgical right now. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly how they want to play, and they're getting a superstar, super-duper-star like caliber playoff run from Jimmy, but everybody else, man, like Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, all these guys are just like stepping up and putting their foot on the gas pedal and not letting the Celtics have any breathing room. They're not giving them a chance to get back in the game. They're not giving them a chance to correct any of their mistakes because it's just like Celtics miss Kyle Lowry up the floor, shovel past the Gabe Vincent three, and then timeout. And then the Celtics come in and they miss on an ATO and the, and the heat come down and they get a layup in transition. And it's just like, all these plays are accumulating and it's just like, it's taken it out of the Celtics. And I don't know if, if it's coaching. I don't know if they have just given up on each other. The defense is not what it was last year, which I think really made them, the elite team that they were uh, because of how well they were defending and the fact that like you couldn't get to the rim against them because they had Robert Williams, like just playing free safety and defending in space. Um, I think they're giving up on screens way too easily. Like we talk about the, the ability to switch one through five being a real weapon. Like Jimmy's just saying, all right, Derek white, come here. And then he's, they bring his guy up, set a screen and they just like give him the matchup that he wants. Like they're not even trying to double him. They're not even trying to avoid getting the switch. And it just seems like they've completely rolled over. And I think it starts with Joe Mazzula and Jason Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown had a terrible last game. Um, They just look aimless. They look like they don't want to be there. And Miami, on the other hand, like I want to discredit the Celtics for how poorly they've played and how much they've underperformed, but you also have to, at the same time, credit Miami for how well they're playing. They're getting everything and more that they can out of this group. Eric Spolstra is a genius. He's having as good a playoff run as Jimmy is. Um, They're just, uh, they're playing out of their minds. And especially with the talent deficit, like we were talking about this heat team against the bulls in the playing game, talking about like, this heat team is not good. Like the bulls can beat them because this heat team is just not good. And they are just proving everybody wrong. Jimmy is playing out of his mind. All these other guys are just finding a way to chip in. Uh, they're defending at a super high level. They're not giving anything away. And it's just it's a beautiful thing to see because it's like it's kind of, I think the ultimate um like respect to the idea of parody in the league, right? Like mm-hmm. Adam Silver has stressed getting parody that that's like, you know, uh, avoiding going to the bottom. There's a whole thing about the play in tournament, and the Heat are playing above the sum of their parts. They are giving, obviously, teams, you know, a reason to believe that they can compete too. But at the same time, you watch them, and it's just like improbable the way that they keep doing this and they keep beating teams down. It, it's just, it's really, it's really something. I,
0: I think that's the biggest element of how we've gotten here, Will, is as you were talking about playing better than the sum of their parts people talk about room for error we talked this season about how the bulls as a roster had very little room for error the heat as a talent on paper roster also have very little room for error so you know what they do they don't make any errors they don't give their opponents anything easy they are elite Defensively, and you talked about Boston just chucking up bad threes as opposed to generating good threes through the fl- through the flow of an offense. That's Spo, and that's the Heat defense, which you know they they dealt with maybe losing quote unquote Tyler Hero in that first round series against Milwaukee without Tyler Hero on the floor. The Heat defense went from being pretty damn good to freaking unbeatable because you can't pick on that element of a five man defense anymore when Hero's not on the floor. They they are. Seizing opportunities to pick at, like you said, Derek white. And we joked about how the heat's half court offense was a freaking skunk all season. And it was by and large, but you know what they don't do. They don't create careless turnovers. They maximize every possession by either Jimmy Butler being an incredible isolation scorer, or simple things to like just bam out of bio, getting into some sort of off ball motion that then creates an open look for three from some of these guys you mentioned, whether it's Struess or Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin or whoever, Duncan Robinson, knocking down shots. Their role guys are shooting hot and they're playing elite defense. They are playing as a team with little room for error, making no errors, where the Celtics, with all the talent in the world, are like, oh, well, we've got a lot of room for error and are making a bunch of errors. You know, Jason Tatum leads all NBA playoff players in turnovers committed up to this point. No one has turned the ball over more. The Jason Tatum and, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out, he and Jalen Brown, that's cold. The entire Celtics are ice. Cold. So in game three, Miami mm-hmm. was 19 of 35 from behind the three point line. 54%, 54%. And I sat there after game one and was like, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah, happening again. After Miami was mm-hmm. lights out for three in game one. Well, it happened again. The Celtics mm-hmm. 11 of 42, 26 for the series. You ready for this? For the series through three games, the Heat, 44 of 92, a.k.a. 47.8% from three. (laughs) Celtics, 31 of 106, a.k.a. 29%. Celtics are committing unforced errors. The Heat defense is locking the Celtics offense up, and the Heat are on a hot streak with their shooters. All of that, plus Spo instead of Missoula, I have now finally understood how we've gotten here because I was sitting there shaking my
1: head through the first three games of the series saying, how did we get here? But yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When I say like the Celtics are just leaving so much on the table, like they're not doubling Jimmy. And when they do, their rotations aren't good enough to cut off or or get out to contest against any of these shooters that are just out of their minds right now. Um, They're not putting any pressure on the rim. They're not like making the defense work at all to try to get, good shots. They're just like throwing the ball up. Um, They're letting Jimmy get to the right side baseline, literally whenever he wants, they're letting him pick his matchups. He just walks right to his spot and it's either a fadeaway jumper or help comes and he dishes it out. Like he just, he can do whatever he wants out there. It's like, they're just playing dummy defense. Um, Mm -hmm. And for a team that's as talented as, as they are, I think you're exactly right, Matt. Like they, and we've said this the whole time, like they just play with their food because they, they feel like they can't. They feel like they have time to get it back. And they just don't. Like they're just not executing at even a remotely close enough level to be able to get back into the series, to be able to get back into any of these games. And it just doesn't look like they want to. So again, credit to Miami for just taking advantage of every single opportunity, for creating opportunities for themselves, for playing so far above the sum of their parts. But man, Boston, just looks terrible. Um, But at the same time, like you you look at the path that the Heat have gone through. It's like this Knicks team was really good. They're not like a great team, but they just wiped the floor with them and they weren't even shooting well in that series. They beat up on the Bucs who obviously were missing Giannis for part of it. But like that Bucs team was supposed to be really good. They were the first seed in the East for a reason. They're the NBA champions of two years ago. Like the Heat have just been on a tear. And I think it's really cool because You know, oftentimes what's great about the NBA is like the best team wins. That's why you have dynasties, right? Like that's why the Warriors went to five or however many straight finals. That's why the Bulls won six straight. Like the best teams, because you have to do it over and over again, it's really hard to mess up. Like you, because of how good you are, you're able to overcome mistakes and, This team is just like, it's like a playoff run in baseball or like a March Madness run where it's just like, this team has gotten hot at the right time and they're putting it together. But on top of that, it's not just like the variance of a one game playoff game. Um, They're just, they're doing it. They're, they're just, everything is clicking at the right time. The coaching is there. Uh, You can see the fruits of heat culture. Like I know that term has Mm -hmm. been thrown around a lot, but like. All these guys just like do not shrink to the moment. They're out there hitting huge shots and huge moments. They're defending their tails off against humbly all NBA players. Like they're just doing everything they need to do to get these wins. And it's just, it's really impressive. I mean, when's the last time an eighth seed has made the finals? Has that ever happened before? I'm not even sure. 99 New York yeah, Knicks.
2: Yeah. I was about to say, I remember the Knicks team did it. Nine, but... That, but that was the only other time. That was... Right, and that was a strike-short year. Okay, so year, twenty
1: too. twenty-five so years
2: ago, that was a strike-short mm-hmm. year. And, and, yeah, also. and a
0: lockout-shortened so, season.
2: Yeah, so that was the difference. Is that, but this, yeah, it's completely impressive. Another thing, will like when they played Milwaukee, like they beat them. Like they beat Milwaukee. They're when beating they these the teams. Knicks, they beat those Knicks. Watching Boston, the difference with this because I can literally look at those other two teams and point to things on their team, on say. You know what? This one, right? This one, this, this, this. You know, Giannis not healthy. You know what I'm saying? Randall shrinking in moments. I can point to that stuff. You know, Brunson playing the entire game. I, I can look at those kind of things and 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 point to that. You know what I'm saying? And add to that, Boston is fully healthy. <laughs> Boston oh, got everybody. All right, they got everyone there. They are a top three team in the East and have been that for years. They have it all. They don't mean the point guard, every position field Macon on Brogdon coming in off your bench. You know what I mean? They have all of it. The biggest thing Six last of year, the was, year, exactly. <laughs> the biggest thing last year is, is Robert Williams being injured. He's been awesomely healthy, you know, still having Al Horford there again, they, they have it all and they are getting trounced and we look and mm-hmm. you guys, again, you guys said it a lot about them playing with their food and it was completely factual. You saw that, I thought you saw that more in game two than in any other game this series. Because when they made that run in game yeah. two and they went up, what, like 15 or 17 on them, you saw them just pull off pull off the gas. You saw it. They were like, we, all right, cool. Done job. We're moving on to game three, right? Heat don't play that way. Heat play, everything mm-hmm. matters to them. As I, as I say, I used to say this on ball all the time, is I love um, teams that use every part of the Buffalo. And what I meant by that Mm. is when you go out hunting and you kill something and you bring it back, you use everything on that, that you've killed for something. So when you kill that, Mm. kill that Buffalo, that's dinner, that's breakfast, that's lunch, that's that's clothing, that's accessories. You know what I'm saying? That's something you lay on the ground to sleep on. You know, that's something you build in your house and you're using every single part of what you killed. You know what I'm saying? Because you know how valuable it is. That is what the heat do. The Heat use every single part of the Buffalo dog. They out there, all of it, all of it matters. Every timeout matters, every step they take, every possession, every three, every everything means something to them. Everything matters, mm-hmm. man. And I love that about them, bro. And shout out to Spo and Patrick, uh, and Patrick Riley for the what they're doing, man. Cause it's right. it's incredible. It's incredible.
0: Like we'll take our next break here in a minute and then move on to the West. But you, you just brought up something that I wanted to bring up Dave, which is, and I know this is not going to be popular on a bulls podcast, but uh, Jerry Krause was not wrong when he said players alone don't win championships. Organizations do. And I know MJ hated that. And I know a lot of bulls fans have nothing but hate for Jerry Krause, even though I think that's misguided. May he rest in peace, but Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA right now, and it's by a country mile. Patrick Riley, who I hate and have always yeah. hated as a Bulls fan, yeah. is the best yeah. executive in the NBA right now and by a country mile. And mm-hmm. look where they are. And meanwhile, look, you, you said at the beginning of us talking about this, Dave, what the hell happens with the Celtics team if they get swept by a 7-8 seed in the conference? Something's got to change. Do They blow this up. You talk about playing with their food. People are pointing a big old finger at Joe Missoula right now who doesn't even know Mm -hmm. to like call a timeout when his opponents go on an 8-0 run. And that's true. Mm -hmm. However, this same core of Celtics players who have been playing together for the better part of a decade now, Mm -hmm. they did this. Not Mm -hmm. just under Joe Missoula this season. They did this under Ime Udoka. They did this shit under Brad freaking Stevens. They did. So you got to wonder, maybe – Maybe it's those players who are having this issue and maybe, maybe they haven't found the right coach to get that group to play to the height of their capabilities, but certainly none of the previous three slash current one have succeeded in doing that. Meanwhile, the Heat are getting just the nastiest, crustiest, stalest lemons and making the most delicious freaking lemonade. It's wild.
2: It all matters, baby. It all matters. All parts of the Buffalo, baby. Crusty
0: oh. lemons. All parts of the Buffalo. Crusty <laughs> <laughs> lemons. That's, that's what we should call our next Bulls podcast. Crusty freaking lemons. Um, oh, lemons? All, right. all right. We'll take a break. Then we'll come back and dive into Lakers and Nuggets. Game four of which is tonight. Just a few hours away. Oh, my gosh. Woo! Um, but first, <laughs> Big Dave, tell the people about Foco.
2: I'm scared of this next segment because I already already know what's about to happen. Y'all stay tuned. Uh, Foco, ladies and gentlemen, get fitted out in that best sports gear around. And who you get that from, you get that from Foco. They got the hoodies. They got the shoes. They got the signs. They got the bobbleheads and everything in betwixt. It's springtime, y'all. Baseball season's going on. White Sox are winning now. Yes. Oh my God. Our first sweep of the season. Shout out. Oh, feels so nice. It's spring baseball's go. So that means you can go out there in your aloha shirts, get your straw hats, get your polo bag, get your bags, everything that you're going to need to enjoy the game. Whether you're on the north side or the south side, y'all. They got you covered either way. And also when we're on set. Just look behind us, man. I know it's hard to take your eyes off of all this right here, but if you look behind it, I'm telling you, the set design oh, that, that they're going to have. That
0: is beauty, baby.
2: <laughs> oh, you better drink it in. Drink it in, baby, because it goes down smooth. Ow! But that set design behind us, Foco, hooked us up, set us up, man. Show them some love, man, because they show us love. So you show them love. And Foco.com is where you can go. And, or click on the link in the description below that rhymed. For all your non-pre-sale items, use that promo code CHGO, and that's going to give you 10% off because it's FOCO. FOCO.
0: <laughs> Just a quick reminder to all of our members of the CHGO Bulls family out there and our CHGO family that if you've been on the fence or haven't committed for whatever reason to becoming a diehard yet, now is the time. And there are plenty of reasons why right now is the time. Uh, for example, reason 1A, the draft database for the 2023 NBA draft that is up on com right now. I'll courtesy of the guy, Will Gottlieb, for diehards only, baby. Diehards only. That's that premium content. That, man, I've, I've been just sitting an hour here, an hour there, looking through all of that stuff that you have built in that draft database, Will, and it is no joke. Incredible stuff. Phenomenal. Y'all out there at Bulls Nation, we're talking about all the ways in which the Bulls might get back, get themselves back into the 23 draft. I think it's a pretty good chance that they do. Somehow, someway, the Bulls are going to have a pick. I firmly believe that. I'm spinning it into existence. So get ready. Get ready for it with this draft database for diehards only. Plus, a fresh bear season is going to be here sooner than you know it. Week one, Bears hosting Packers. You know what that means? CHGO tailgate. It's going to be off the hook as the young people Mm -hmm. say i don't know do young people Mm -hmm. still say that off the hook as opposed to lit either way if you're a diehard (laughs) without the chgo you get discounted tickets to that tailgate just like you get discounted tickets to every event we do going to takeovers at the uc bears tailgates ballpark hangouts plus discount on all of that wonderful wonderful merch at Mm. the chgo merch locker you get a free shirt Pick a shirt, any shirt, when you sign up to become a diehard, plus that awesome gift pack with your official CHGO diehard membership card on it, a bunch of CHGO diehard stickers in there to Mm -hmm. put on your beer fridge, to put on your golf bag, wherever you want to put them, on your laptop, plus every single time you shop at the CHGO Merch Locker, 20% off that order for diehards. Mm -hmm. Sign up to become a diehard today, allCHGO.com slash diehard. Do it. Do it. All right, y'all. Nuggets Lakers. Game four is tonight. Game three, Nuggets took 119-108 for a 3-0 series lead. Um, I'm sure you guys have some thoughts on people talking about Jokic sort of being kind of quiet in parts of game two and then parts of game three only had 24 points, eight assists, for which for Jokic is like a terrible night. Um... <laughs> But I think that <laughs> what you need to highlight is the fact that Jamal Murray, my God, it's like not just a Robin to the Batman that is Jokic, but sometimes he can be the Robin if it's best for the team. For, I mean, he can be the Batman if it's best for the Nuggets for him to be the Batman. And Jokic said that himself after their game three win in the fourth quarter where Jokic wasn't scoring a lot, but he and Murray were running that two-man pick-and-roll action and it just resulted in a good look for somebody, one of them or one of the three guys on the floor with them. And they picked the Lakers apart and finished on a 26 to 14 run to win that game and take a 3 0 lead. This Jokic Murray combination is so fun to watch and it yeah.
1: is damn lethal. And that's what I think all of these teams need in the playoffs. Um, and it's, I think, something that the Bulls have kind of missed over the over the last year and and really beyond that is just like not obviously not, um, just a superstar player, but a superstar action that you can go to every time that you can down the court, especially in these like high leverage, fourth quarter minutes, fourth quarter possessions to get a good shot. Um, whether it's a shot for Jokic, uh, whether it's a post-up, um, But just this this Jokic-Murray pick-and-roll or these dribble handoffs that they run um, with both of those guys being as talented as they are. But to your point, Matt, playing off of each other so well to where you just have to make decisions that you don't want to make as a defense. It's similar to Draymond-Steph pick-and-rolls where they would run those uh, in the pre-KD days or even during KD and last year during their run to the finals. Like There's just no answer for these things because if you double Steph- you're getting a four on three situation where Draymond is either getting a dunk or getting a kick out pass to Klay Thompson. You know, it's like, wh- how do you defend that? Okay. You want to uh, drop off a of Steph and let him shoot a three. Do you want to go over and let him Steph get all the way to the basket and just toast people um, who are switching onto him? Do you want to switch and put that center and on an Island? Like it's the same thing with the nuggets where like, you can't switch it because Jokic will put you in the goal uh, or just <laughs> do something mean to you because he's a nasty yeah. dude. Um, yeah. you, you can't double Jamal and give Jokic runway. You can't let Jamal go by himself because he'll pull up um, or he'll get all the way downhill. It's a very similar situation. And I just don't know that there's an answer to it. And that's why this Nuggets team, I think, is so good. Obviously, we've talked about this before, where they're, I think, constructed in such a way that fits and optimizes Jokic. In every capacity. But I think it's more than that. I think it's that they've optimized around that Jokic Jamal Murray pick and roll, where you have shooting, you have defense, you have elite shot creation, um, you've got depth, you've got playmaking. Um, it's just, it's like synergistically perfect around those two guys. Um, the action is perfect. It's impossible to defend. The floor spacing around them is just insane. Uh, the defense and versatility, the shooting, it's just like it's a well oiled machine. And I think you also have to give them credit for being able to like figure things out, whether it was like putting Rui Hachimura on Jokic and having an answer to that. Um, It it just seems like they are like Mike Malone's having a really good postseason. I know obviously Spolstra is getting sort of all the headlines there, but he's, he's just playing at a super or he's coaching at a super high level, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it feels like everything is clicking for this team. Um, And, you know, I don't know if we want to get into like a potential finals with heat nuggets at this point, but Um, I'll just say this without making any predictions. Like I don't think the heat have faced anything that is clicking at as high a level as the Jokic Murray pick and roll. And I just, I'm not saying they can't find an answer to that, but it, it strikes me as something that will be very difficult. Whereas the heat, I just basically what they've done is give Jimmy the ball and nobody's decided to double team him for like whatever reason. (laughs) But like, if you have just Aaron Gordon and help, like what are the heat going to do against that? You're going to rely on hot mm-hmm. shooting from everybody else. Maybe, but I think that the answer to that question is easier. If you're the nuggets than it is for the heat um, to try to solve the Murray Jokic pick and roll, because that is just a machine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to get into that. I, I want to wait till everything is, but that's kind of where my yeah. mind was. Will, when uh, Matt and I were kind of discussing this as well, like that's exactly where, where we were on this. Um, Man, a couple things. So, after game two, when the Nuggets won, and I was listening to them talk after the game about not getting respect and listening to what Mike Malone was saying uh, at that press conference, which which was hilarious. Um, I was like, wow, they are really talking like this series is over. They're talking like this is done. And I was like, is that a good thing to be talking like this when you're too old? Like it sounded, I was like, wow, that's that's not something I would ever recommend a team, because I'm not I'm not for giving other team bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. But they were talking like they knew something. That's how they were speaking. Like, dude, like we we it. All right. And they came out in that game three. And I mean the Lakers, they wouldn't let the Lakers do Lakers stuff. You know, like the Lakers when they even when they get to the line, the Lakers were getting bailed out. You talked about the heat. Uh, Will just getting that hot shooting, or well, the Lakers were getting that stuff from dudes like Lonnie Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like Austin Reeves was having, you know, a solid play and just doing these amazing things at amazing times in the playoffs, which we see Reeves every might year. Might be
0: their best player right now.
2: Right, <laughs> it's <was> crazy. <laughs> what we see, we see that though. We see that every year. That that kind of thing kind of happens. So, but they weren't allowing it. So when the Lakers would do those things and hit those shots and get those and ones and the flexing and all that would start. Watch Denver when that stuff happens. They never change, ever. The demeanor never changes on them. They inbound the ball, run the play. That's all their next play, Mm -hmm. next play, next play. That's just like the Heat. It's all next play, next play, next play. They don't complain. They don't yell, nothing. It's all next play. Let's get down the floor. And that's what it was. So as soon as that game got close, next play, get down, three. Get back, defend, next play down, Mm -hmm. another three. (laughs) <laughs> get back, defend next play down, bucket inside. They are just vicious at that, and so they have conquered the mental aspect of that. Because when you get that mental going along with that talent, oh my god, it's what it's everything what Will is saying when you do those things. The other it's, thing, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, well, I was just gonna say it, it's funny that how we've gotten here, as far as despite the fact that you say they, they, they feel disrespected, and some people are say, well, I mean, they're a one seed. Uh, like, you know, wh- why? How could a one seed who was the one seed in the West all season be disrespected? Well, it's because a lot of people picked the Lakers to win this series. Exactly. Oh, you, exactly. you got LeBron and AD. A yeah, LeBron and AD. And, and like af- after game one, it was like, oh, we found something defensively. Right. That's what everybody was talking about. That's why Michael Malone was pissed off. And then game two down the wire, you're thinking, oh, man, Lakers are going to get this they're going to play with split, and then that means Lakers in five or Lakers in six. And then Jamal Murray was like, "Here's 23 fourth quarter points for you." I asked, "No, we're up two-zero. <laughs> Not a split. We're up two-zero. And 2-0. then game game three could go either way. Seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. A pair. Of, I think it was a, a pair of Rui free throws give the Lakers a one-point lead. Seven and a half right. to go. What happens? The Nuggets, Brilliant. like you just said, offensively a freaking virtuoso. Just beautiful mm-hmm. ball movement, beautiful player movement, good looks inside, good looks outside, and then getting stops and not letting the Lakers get into their offense on the other end, and they win game three running away. So you right, point out that it's weird <laughs> that they're like, yeah, they're they're talking like the series is over after game two. They clearly have the confidence, but not only the confidence, the poise that you were talking about in those moments to be like, oh, do, do we need some epic hero shit right now to win game two? Cool. I got you. Ooh, we in a tight game in the fourth quarter of game three on the road. Need this? Yeah, we got this. It's like, yeah. and it's got to be so disheartening if you're the Lakers. Every time you think you're on a roll, every time you think you're seizing control of the game, the Nuggets are like,
2: nah, no.
0: Our nah, game.
2: nah. There's no, because there's no defense for greatness, period. It doesn't exist. I don't care what you do. It doesn't exist. The other thing I wanted to say was we talked about Jokic in that game he had in game three. it didn't matter to me the game he had early on and also he had four fouls he was playing against uh, eight players (laughs) let's be real because that one foul oh my god I was like come on dog like how how egregious are we going to get out here a hundred free throws tonight a hundred we did our job what you want us to do you know why ref because there's no defensive greatness you know as my uncle used to say man they can't call foul on a jump shot man ain't nothing they can do with that so the other thing about Jokic though yeah he did that But when they had to have it, when they had to have it, the fourth quarter they had to have it. Fifteen of his twenty-four in that fourth quarter—that's what you're supposed to do as the man. Because remember, Jamal Murray did it in the first quarter, basically the first half. You know what I'm saying for that team? It was Murray in that, and he scored seven points after that. You know what I mean? He ended up with thirty-seven. So after that it's the Jokic show in the fourth quarter. It's time to close it out. You're the two time MVP. It was the first time I saw him show emotion as well on the floor. Cause he hit a bucket and went back down yelling. And I hadn't seen him do that regular season or playoffs. I hadn't seen him do that. He, they know how close they are. They know that they're right there, man. And it's one more game and I don't think they're going to let it down. Will.
1: Yeah. I feel like for both of these series, um, the outcome feels pretty secure at this point. Obviously I, uh, don't think anybody's ever come back from 3-0. I already booked my finals. flight to
0: Denver for games one and two, Will. Yeah, I'm going, I mean, it's it's, happening. Uh,
1: but like even if even if you just put like the series record out there, um, it, it obviously seems like insurmountable. But if you actually like watch these teams, like they're just defeated. They're just done. And I think it's a credit to obviously the winning team for just not not only just like playing well enough to be in the situation, but for removing hope from these teams, I think they've just Mm -hmm. like taken it out of them. And after that, it's, it's just hard to come back from it. Uh, Last thing, gentlemen, I did want to quickly
0: touch on this at least to get your thoughts on it. I am astounded until I remind myself that NBA Twitter is mostly dumb people, but the amount of people as the heat and nuggets have seized these insurmountable three Oh leads. Being like, oh, no, the ratings. Won't someone please think of the ratings as far as the NBA Finals are concerned? I don't care about Boston, LA. I know that that's what built the NBA's popularity in the 80s until MJ came around. But who the F cares other than Celtics fans and Lakers fans? If you don't want to watch the Heat and Nuggets, the team that is clearly the grittiest, grindiest, how did they get here? Oh, my God. Led by playoff run performance of a lifetime jimmy buckets against clearly the most talented team then you're not an nba fan (laughs) i don't get it i would rather watch heat nuggets than celtics lakers at this point and it's not particularly close
2: it's not close at all like that's what i want to see i want to see the two-time mvp going up against the dude having one of the greatest playoff performances ever yeah i want to see that against in two incredible coaches yes I want to see the best teams. And right now the heat and the nuggets are the best teams.
1: Yeah. Not, not only that, but I think like, I want to see the highest level basketball. And I think like the Celtics and Lakers could have a competitive series. I think it would be fine. Um, There's a reason why people are talking about this. Like we got all these uh, emails from like the NBA talking about the record number of viewers for Lakers warriors in the second round. Every game was a new record. And it's like, I get it, but if you're talking about the finals, like what was so great about the, obviously it got boring after a certain period of time, but like the warriors cavs finals were like, it was like the highest level of chess that you could imagine playing. And I think you're much more likely to see something up to that standard with these two teams than you would have been with Celtics Lakers, because those two teams just have big flaws and they fumble the bag and Mm -hmm. they just aren't as good, plain and simple. So I'm excited about this. Um, Obviously, I want to see Jimmy succeed at the highest level um, but I'm a huge Jokic fan. I'm a huge uh, Jamal Murray fan. I just think this this series is going to be a really good one. It's a contrast of styles it's a contrast of um, just like programs in general. I just I think it's gonna be really good basketball and it's like that's kind of the beauty of parody right like if we're at, if we're aiming for parody then we got to get these some of these different teams in there. Yes. Yeah, Keep it point.
0: interesting. And that's the, I saw somebody tweet about this uh, after the Nuggets took the 3-0 lead. Assuming that they do close out the Lakers and eliminate the Lakers, whether it's tonight in Game 4 or Game 5, then between Miami and Denver, we will have had five different NBA champions over the past five seasons. Wow. You had Toronto in 19. You had the Lakers in the bubble in 20. You had Giannis in the Bucks in 21. You had the Warriors last year and very, very likely another different NBA champion will be crowned this season. How as an NBA fan do you not enjoy that unless you're rooting for a dynasty of your team as a dynasty? Seriously,
2: seriously, and watching a team that hasn't been there before might go to their first ever finals. You got to want to see that stuff. Like, I love that stuff, man. I remember when the Bulls had never been and they went to a finals, it was amazing. Golden State had never been, and I went to a finals, it's amazing. Like, I I remember that, just watching that, you know, and seeing how it grew. Do they complain about Golden State's uh, ratings anymore? they got there, no. So it's okay to start new trends. This is what happens when you went to MVPs. You might mess around and be a good team. It happens, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, guys, I like to see it.
0: Love it, can't wait. Oh
2: God, I want the sweep so bad. Let's go.
0: (laughs) I gotta get ready to watch this game. Oh my God. Uh, uh thank you Matt, everybody for yeah.
2: Matt, but before you watch the game, the KG Joe Kim Noah podcast has dropped, sir. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Dude. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do that while well, I, yeah, I get some laundry in and then uh yeah. Cause they put out another teaser, like longer teaser one on YouTube yeah. this morning when I checked because they were like, it's dropping Monday. And then I was like, This is not a full episode. How dare you, sir? How dare you tell me it drops Monday? When it is 11 a.m. on Monday and no such episode has been posted. Well, it's, thank you for it's letting out me know. There. It's maybe, out there. maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, could, because, be, could be. Yeah, I'm excited to see their full conversation. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching. Hit that thumbs up button before you head out. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to CSGO Sports YouTube channel. Sign up to be a diehard to get that draft database access. From the one and only Willie Go Gottlieb, who you should follow on Twitter at will underscore Gottlieb, Big Davis at Bow B A W L Sports, ah. I'm Bulls underscore Pack. We are CSU underscore Bulls. Shout out and thanks to our friend and our producer Lawrence the controls. Uh, pleasure as always, Law. Hey, there he is. <laughs> the, Where the joke the came me. shirt. I love
2: Rusty it. Lemons LLC.
0: Rusty <laughs> Lemons, LLC. <laughs> we will talk to you tomorrow when we will be back in studio. Four PM Chicago Central Time. Enjoy uh Nuggets Lakers game four. We'll talk about that and some more stuff on tomorrow's show. Until then, see you, Red Be good.
2: Peace.